0: This is another episode of Educating Humans. My name's Diff. I'm joined by James. We're continuing our shorter, hopefully. James just said he reckons we'll be easily done in 20 minutes, so let's see if I can... I said 25. Let's see if I can not talk too much. Little uh, conversation starters. And this one is about homework. Homework. What should it be? When should it be? And what's the point of it? James, I'm just going to throw it to you.
1: Go. Yeah, great. Um, I'm going to say something that... Well, here's the thing, right? We said this in the assessment episode as well. It can look different for different um, subjects because different subjects can use homework in um, with different pedagogical emphasis, right? There can be, say, with maths, where you're trying to get students to learn to do a certain uh, operation, and you need them to keep practicing it to remember it. And so they're just kind of doing a, a, a rote memorization of sorts uh, because they're just reinforcing that skill that they've learned and you know that you're not going to have time to go through it in class again. So or you it's give not it a good use students. of class yeah. time. Yeah, that's it. and so you give it to the students to work on at home because it's them reinforcing that. And I think that that shows where it's really helpful. Really Repetition useful. is the mother
0: yeah. of memory. Repetitio made the memorare. And we just keep... So so um, a repeating practice for, for either for memorization but also just kind of inculcating a kind of a rote skill or bit of
1: knowledge. Mm. And I think that that's really helpful there. I think, though, when I think about my own use of homework... Um, now, this is in, what, junior high, l- year levels, basically? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd say junior high, year levels. In senior high, no, well, even in senior high, though, in senior high, it becomes a lot more, you need to do this reading at home of this book in English so that when it comes to class time. We're not wasting our class time doing reading, which is not a waste necessarily, but we want to be able to get to the deeper learning rather than just the first reading. We might do some slower readings of individual pages as opposed to doing a whole chapter.
0: So that's a really important and fairly basic piece of homework is reading class material.
1: Yeah, yeah, prep for the class that you're about to take. Yes. Um, And then the other one, revision of of work that you've already done. Um, Although I feel like sometimes when I do homework, I don't do much of the revision one. Um, And I do a fair bit of the reading, although I I, I teach a a fair few junior high classes. And so I'm not really getting them, sending them off with chapters of reading to do. I might get them to do some preliminary reading. But I actually think a lot of the time what I try and give with homework, and it's something that we do as a department um, in, in junior high, is we get them just to do free reading. So their homework is just to do something that is just read a good book that is not to do with our classwork at all, but we need you to be doing this because this is going to help your literacy. So we're going to call it homework, so it's something that you know that we're expecting that you're doing and there's expectations around it, and yet it's not connected with the work that we've just done. So it's um, it's more general competency,
0: skill-based and knowledge-based, but it's not, yeah, like you say, it's not necessarily connected intrinsically into the core unit of learning that you're doing
1: exactly so it's not preliminary and it's not revision it's kind of the separate thing which is just like this is good for you to be doing so do it so so just on that does that mean that you check that they're actually doing it yeah so we get um a reading log they have to write down what they've read and (coughs) it's incentivized in different ways in different classrooms but but ultimately, they have to bring you up what they've got, what they've written. You read their blurb. They have to tell you the things they liked about it, the things they liked least about it, and then you just ask them more questions about it. And you so, do that every week? Uh, I don't do it every week. It probably gets done every fortnight or every month. And then if I haven't, like, it's it's I go to a kid. I'm say when you finished your book, bring it up to me. And if I haven't seen a kid in like, you know, five six weeks, I'll call them up and see where they're at and talk about their book. And they have to bring their books to class because there'll be times when I just say, all right, free reading time.
0: So in short, though, um, if to be critical or to be cynical, I could say it'd be very easy for a young person to not do that. You know, they just get the blurb off the internet and they just, you know, they don't really read the book.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe, well, maybe you could say if they watched the movie. Sure. Then they could probably get away with that. Yeah. Right. Um, and to that, I say, yeah, well, natural law then. They're not getting the learning that they need from that. Exactly. That's and, good. And that's a problem for them. But if kids are going to game the system, I mean, you could spend your whole your whole class time trying to find a way to not have kids game the system, and ultimately that would just be having kids read the free reading in class, which is not yeah, effective and,
0: in any way. And the, but the reason I ask is because I completely agree. I, I think that sometimes people tie themselves in knots trying to create ways where kids can't game the system without realising that at the end of the day, learning is the child's prerogative. It's mm. their decision. You cannot you can lead a horse to water, you cannot force it to drink. They need to do it. And if you come across a young person that is hell-bent on not doing it, then you literally can't force learning onto them. Mm. And so instead of trying to think of ways to punitively ensure that everyone is doing this homework, again, it comes back, I say it over and over and over again, it comes back to creating a culture where people want to. Mm. And then you don't have to have the fight. You and And... You don't fight. If someone really doesn't want to, you try to think of ways for them to want to, but that doesn't mean that you, you know, make it something that everyone's going to get punished if they don't do it because, again, it's just too easy to game the system and it wouldn't be worthwhile. Now, that's different to something like fill out this worksheet of times tables. Well, it's pretty hard to game that system.
1: Grab your mate's worksheet and write it in a minute as yeah, opposed Yeah, but, you know, to- the
0: interesting thing about that is that... Um, If it's just basic times tables, you're you're still learning. Like you're still doing something. something, You're you're still doing something. I mean completely avoiding doing it at all.
1: This is the other thing I would say about homework is I actually, as an English teacher, try to give my students less homework because I think that their homework time is probably going to be spent with some other subjects that they're really needing to progress in those other subjects well. And in English, so if we say, using the maths example, I know that kids in my English class will be getting a fair bit of maths homework. Mm. And as a working compromise, just with understanding the student where they're at, I try and minimise the amount of heavy English homework that I give them because they're they're a human, they're not just a student. Mm. And so, sure, they can come home and do homework, and they should to a degree, and yet I don't want them to have their whole evening taken up with homework and if, one of, if something's got to budge, I'll say, all right, I'll lay back my homework a bit. We'll work really hard in class to make sure that, that we're catching up. But I just, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, but I just think a bit of a trade-off and I go, yeah, I'm not going to give you too much homework because I know you're getting it elsewhere.
0: Um, how do I feel about that? I, I will ask an even, or make an even more controversial potential, potentially statement. And I, I just wonder what the point of homework is. Mm. I Put it this way. If you as a teacher... Or as a school, or in a particular year level, you feel like you have used every second of your day so well, and there is still more that needs to be done, then maybe, yeah, sure, give homework. But I just wonder why, I wonder if homework is necessary. Mm-hmm. I wonder when it became necessary. I wonder at what point. Now, it's very important to think through the different ages in prep year one, year two. What should homework – should there be homework? I think there should. But I don't think it should be kind of felt like homework, and that really just means reading with your parents. Your Mm. parents reading to you, you doing readers with your parents, sight word memorization, stuff like that. This is where the early years of education, the parents' involvement is really, really important. It's probably more work for the parent than it is for the kid because the the student is enjoying it, hopefully, Mm. if if it's done well. That's really that's really important. Repetition is the mother of memory, and you might just not have enough time in class to be able to do the
1: memorization. Your teacher, sure, maybe you like them, maybe you've got some problems with them. Either way, your parent, if you're doing work with your parent, I mean, and you're a little kid and you love your mom or your dad, like how fun is it just to spend time with your mom and your dad doing something that is good? you know, you're learning. Like a, a young student loves to learn. And so like that, that's a beautiful moment. Yeah, it can be. Again, if the, if the school is putting too much pressure on that
0: homework situation and pressure on the parent and the parent internalizes the pressure and starts, you know, measuring their kid against some arbitrary standards and measuring their own ability against some arbitrary standards, then the whole thing can become very problematic, which is why having the right reasons and rationale behind it and philosophy behind it is really important. But I guess to come back to my larger thing, I just kind of go, well, what actually is the point of homework? Memorising times tables. So the repetition stuff for memorising makes sense to happen at home, but it's not like it's not happening at school. It's just reinforcing, Mm -hmm. right? I guess my reason for saying it is because I feel like a lot of time in schools can be wasted. And if you're wasting a lot of time in school and then saying to a 15-year-old or a 10-year-old, go home and do another two hours of work. I just feel like that's kind of cheating. Mm. Don't waste the time in school and then let them have a life outside of school.
1: And it's so interesting. that I love that we're saying this, the don't waste time. And then we're also the exact same people that will be going and spend time taking time. Like, take time with things. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. Some people might hear that and go, hold on, hold on. You're saying I can't waste time. Yeah, and yet yeah. you want me to take my kids out and have a look at a tree for five uh, years before well, we...
0: I've got to justify what I mean or explain what I mean by explain waste. Explain waste, yeah. Yeah, well, what I really mean is on the kind of administrative, behavioral, stupid stuff that comes up in a school. Interruptions because... Of, really, a lot of it is behavioral. I mean, how much work could you really get through if you didn't have to ever correct for any behavior? Now, of course, sometimes that's going to happen. But if again, if you spend the time on the culture... Everything is downstream from that. Mm. So if you spend the time working in such a way that you feel like you're going to be able to get the maximum amount of time uh, dedicated to good learning, now that doesn't mean that it's not slow, leisurely, valuable human learning. It, not wasting time doesn't mean kind of punching from topic to topic to topic and not even caring about whether or not the kids are learning it. That's, I would hope that people wouldn't re- wouldn't think that. What I mean by not wasting time is by making sure that you're not spending time doing stuff that is in no way connected to the purpose of the lesson Mm. or to the larger purpose of education. So allowing the administrivia stuff to come in and to eat into your class time. Now, I say all of that to say we should ask whether or not homework is necessary. I think a lot of the time it is, but if it is just for its own sake... Stop it and see if it makes any difference. I mean, this is one of the main, major questions that I've got is like, does it actually make any difference to a young person's learning? Really, kids who are really engaged with their learning go home and do homework when you don't ask them to. Mm. They write up revision sheets. They go over it. They do all of that stuff. Now, that's a person for whom you don't need to give them homework. They're doing it anyway. Kids who are really disengaged with their learning are not going to do the homework that you set them. So it doesn't make any difference there either. Mm. I don't I just question whether or not people have done kind of like for you yourself as a teacher if you've done your own work to try to ascertain whether or not it's valuable or not. Giving a young person a, a an assignment, an essay to write at home over time coming in through with with different periods of time drafting with you having conversations going back and forth and doing that sort of stuff. That makes perfect sense. I don't consider that homework. I mean, I guess it's work at home, but it's not like set homework the way that I think people a lot of the time mean homework.
1: But I do think that there's a, that, that in, say, English with the essay, that I, when I'm thinking of that, that's one of the reasons I won't set much homework at the start. Cause I know, all right, we're just having a really good time learning about this book right now. Mm. And the work that you could be doing at home, if you want, is doing more reading. Mm. Great, do that. But when it gets to assessment time, I'm going to be expecting that you're putting in some good work at home mm-hmm. and not just trying to get this done in, in class. And so there's a little bit of a trade-off for there where I'm going, all right, this is your time. Now, it doesn't work if every single subject does that and then gets to the, like the last week and every student all of a sudden over two, three, four weeks, has huge expectations from every single subject to be getting stuff done at home as well as all the other things they've got going on at home. Because a home life is not just school at home, it's being at home, doing all these other things that you want to have time for. So I think then it also would need to be larger discussions around when assessment's being placed and when homework's being given and what assessment expectations are. Yeah, it's easier said
0: than done. And I mean, we're really getting into some of the major underlying systemic issues of education here. And again, it comes back down to dividing things up into different subjects and disciplines and, and then, you know, never, the, never shall the two meet and that means that everything's due at the same time and all that sort of stuff. This is why having an overall philosophy of education, the purpose of education, what you're trying to get out of it and everyone sharing that and thinking together and working together, not thinking in their individual siloed things, this is why that's so important. This is why it's a cultural issue before it's a pragmatic issue. Mm. You've got to, If you get the culture right, then the things will flow out of that but specifically thinking about homework itself. The only thing that I really want to contribute to the conversation is for people to really question Mm. the value of it. Mm. It could be quite valuable because one of the things that it teaches is self-directed learning, is a pursuit of excellence in your own time without somebody else kind of telling you what to do and checking up on you all the time. And so used well in that cycle, homework can be very important. But you see, it's a purpose question. Mm. That's just the thing. And this is the thing we always come back to. <laughs> just tell me what the purpose is first, mm. and then you can measure whether or not it is achieving that particular purpose.
1: Mm. I think a good answer to our question, which was homework, what is it, how much, and when, uh, is as little as necessary is the answer, but if there's a good reason to have homework, then have it. Yeah, I think
0: as little as necessary is a really good answer. And and like you say, then you go, well, what's necessary? And then that forces you to ask questions about about the purpose of it.
1: Which isn't to say that we're just trying to get rid of all homework. No. It's just saying that we want good homework that's actually purposeful to the class. So preliminary preparatory work, that's kind of important at times. Well, it's
0: important all the time. But it doesn't work if you force it. Yeah. It works if you've created a culture where a young person wants to do it. If the book that you've given them is so good and you've done such a great job spending time talking to them about it, that they want to go home and read it. Mm. That you have inspired in them from a very young age a love of literature so Mm. that they actually want to read the book twice. That they want to plumb the depths of it. You're not going to do that just by saying you've got to read chapters 10 to 15 this week. Yeah. And then treating it like just a thing that you're doing for assessment. It's just not going to happen unless that kid is personally driven either because they themselves have done the work to become the kind of person that loves literature, which is unfortunately unlikely, more likely that they are really obsessed with getting good grades. And so often we see good students, what we call, in inverted commas, good students, and they're actually just students driven by grades. Mm. And that's not the definition of a good student. No. Or it shouldn't be.
1: I like the idea as a site, just as a as a counterpoint to what you were just saying about having students that love it and want to keep reading. It. I I know of of colleagues who will tell students who are not allowed to read past this page until we've done it in class, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they, there's there's things that happen on certain pages, and you want to go through that as a group with everyone and kind of have that moment of everyone at the same time seeing the the plot un, unravel, and and there's a cool. I just think that's a cool thing as well. They say, like, we want kids to pre-read, and then there's times also when we don't want them to, when we want to take them on that journey
0: with us. Yeah, yep. I don't I don't disagree. I guess that's a good problem to have.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Generally speaking, it's not a very common problem. But even then, I don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I still feel like, man, if I've got a kid in my class who loves the book and loves reading so much that they're going to go ahead and read that, mm. And they get to experience that by themselves and then experience it again with everybody else. I don't really have a problem with that. Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. The vast majority of my reading now as an adult, let's say 100% of it, is by myself. Mm. You know, And that doesn't mean that I don't talk about things that I read. But the actual reading of it is by myself. And then I come together with other people afterwards and talk about it. So I don't know. I'm not sure I've got a problem with it. I guess if... I guess if you're really trying to teach through it. I would put it like this, and now we're just talking about reading, not homework, so sorry listeners, but Mortimer Adler's book, How to Read a Book, basically says read a book four times. The first, and I've said this to my students, I've said, you've got to read this at least twice. I mean, no one ever does it. Did you ever read any of the books that I said twice?
1: I'll be honest, there were books I didn't even read once. I know
0: that. You didn't (laughs) need to say that. I mean, I was exactly the same when I was a student.
1: But, no, 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 but he's actually, coming into uni, Mm. there was a real big culture of and I, I did this with less success than some people. I had one friend who would grab the reading list, read it all before semester started in the break, and all the supplementary readings, and then reread it through with us all during.
0: Jeez, did they not have a
1: job? No, they they worked one day a week yeah. and lived with their parents yeah, and ended up with a 6.9 GPA. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's a beautiful life, but sometimes you just have to balance it with life yeah but know? there was
1: a degree of everyone being like oh let's try and and get across this before we come to yeah
0: well, to studying it so Adler says read it read it four times i think it's four i haven't read the book in a while but first time just for enjoyment and basic comprehension second time to really kind of start diving into it and you, that's when you're underlining and that's mm. on the second read you're understanding things far more than the mm. first time that's the that's an important truth right like that actually and you'd know this As a reader, you know that the second time you read something, it just, it all means so much more because you're not trying to make sense of it. You know the sense. And now you're able to go deeper rather than just be putting together plot points. And then the third and the fourth times are the analytical times. So it's not until you've Read it once for enjoyment and comprehension. Read it a second time, underlining things. You're not necessarily putting everything together, but you're talking about, you're thinking about what comes out at you. The third time is where you're making connections between ideas and developing kind of your own thinking around it. I mean, that is the kind of work that homework can be. Mm. And like you were talking about with your kind of uni friends or whatever. That is wonderful homework. That is not homework that I believe that you can set as homework per se and either reward or punish students for not doing it. The reward or the punishment is in their own learning. Mm. Yes, it's in their grades, but more importantly, it's in what – because remember, we're talking about – this is classical. We're talking about great books. We're talking about books that the more you read them and the more you absorb them and you let them kind of – enter into your personality they actually have good effects on you so the reward of reading crime and punishment multiple times that's the reward mm. the learning is the reward the process is the reward you don't need an extrinsic motivation in order to do it the one of the huge problems is just how busy our lives are stopping us from being able to do that and you remember in 10 Ways to Destroy the Imagination of Your Child, one of the ways to do that is to keep children really busy. Mm. So before you were talking about life and, you know, school is not all of life and there's other things that people need to and want to be able to do outside of school. And I don't disagree, but I hope a lot of that is just be children. Yeah, Not like go from club to club to sport to sport to... You know, music lessons here and, and ballet lessons there. And I'm not saying that all of those things are bad. I'm not, and my kids do them. But how much? And for what purpose? And are they finding themselves in a rightly ordered hierarchy of goods? Mm. You know, or are we putting equestrian club right at the top of everything else and we're sacrificing a whole bunch of personhood as a result of that?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's a good point. Homework. I mean, it can be really good when done well, and otherwise it becomes suffocating. And that's the real issue, is that we're wanting to cultivate and nurture this student into becoming a lifelong learner. Who loves and what, it. And, yeah. yeah, you want them to love lo- learning. And that's not going to happen if you suffocate them with a whole heap of homework. Um, but I think there is something to be said for this kind of homework that you were talking about, where, where it's not something that you can really prescribe and then and then punitively address. But it is something that you should encourage and recommend. And if you're not doing that in your class, if you go, oh, I don't really do homework because Diff and James said, don't do homework unless it's necessary. And I don't think it's necessary. Well, you should still at least be telling them, you can go do these things. You should try and read this book more than once. You should encourage, like you should be trying to encourage them to do this almost extracurricular learning within the subject, mm. as opposed to just, presuming that they'll figure that out. Because they might not. Yeah,
0: and I'd say this comes back to, I think a phrase that I haven't actually used on the podcast, but a phrase that I used to use a lot and something we've talked about in the past, which is the nature of the the classical teacher as a classical student. Mm. You reproduce a lesser concentration of yourself. So, man, if you're expecting, and again, I guess I'm talking English, but I could apply this to anything, math, science, whatever. English for the sake of reading books. If you're expecting your kids to love reading and to read a book multiple times and you don't, forget it. Mm. I mean, that's what it kind of comes down to all the time. Homework should kind of not really be thought of as work. Work is the wrong word for what we're doing at school. It's home learning. It's home enjoyment of good things. And if you, yourself, as a parent as a teacher think of your homework as work as opposed to you just love reading the things that you are teaching you just love learning more about the things that you're teaching well then I think that you're going to reproduce a lesser concentration of that that's really difficult do you love it do you love your subject if you don't why is it the curriculum's fault is it because of what you're constrained to teach? Is it because of the students in front of you? They've sat the joy out of it over the last 20 years. This is really, really important. That is what is going to determine so much of the real meaningful success of your class. Not the grades, but the actual impact on young people. If you love the thing that you're talking about, if you do it at home for fun, that's going to make a massive amount of difference. And it's going to change the way you might think about homework. Mm. Well, that will do, I think, for another short-ish episode, uh, conversation starter about homework. Hopefully it's given you some things to think about. Like I say, we're not trying to give you a bunch of answers about this is the classical way to do it. But maybe what you're seeing is a bit of a pattern in that, you know, what the classical way to do it is to question the purpose. Teleologically thinking through why am I doing it is it connected to the larger purpose of education or is it just something that I've been told to do or something that I think I should do or am I using it in some instrumental way which is actually contrary to the overall purpose of what we're trying to achieve. So that's another episode of Educating Humans. We will be back in a fortnight to talk about another conversation starter.